This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I am World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Human trafficking, the buying and selling of people is the modern version of slavery. It's a flourishing multi-billion dollar industry. Whether it's preying on the young to become child prostitutes or older persons for forced labor, it exists. It exists not only worldwide, but also in the United States. As Christians, it's our duty to oppose the sin. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, is taking an active role in fighting this evil practice. I speak with the Reverend Bart Day, Executive Director of the Office of National Mission, about what the Synod is doing and how we as individuals can help. And now today's Fast Track. I'm Sarah Golseth with news in brief of interest to Lutherans worldwide. LCMS Disaster Response has been working closely with district leaders and disaster coordinators in both Texas and Missouri as assessment and planning take place in response to storms that brought destruction, injury, and loss of life across several states. Missouri District President Reverend Lee Hagan connected with pastors across the state to assess the extent of the flooding. He writes, I invite prayers for flooding in areas across Missouri. We will know more in coming days. Lord have mercy. Missouri Attorney General Josh Hawley says he will appeal a federal judge's ruling in joining Missouri laws which establish health and safety standards for abortion clinics. U.S. District Judge Howard Sachs issued a preliminary injunction blocking enforcement of two long-standing state abortion regulations. Judge Sachs concluded they were likely unconstitutional in light of a U.S. Supreme Court decision issued last year. The health and safety standards now called into question by the federal courts have been in large part responsible for Missouri having only one operating clinic providing surgical abortions, the large Planned Parenthood facility in St. Louis. Most Planned Parenthood facilities across Missouri are not built to function as surgical suites with the requisite equipment and emergency staffing. More than seven months after a Dignity Health Hospital refused a hysterectomy to a Sacramento area transgender patient, the American Civil Liberties Union filed a lawsuit Wednesday on his behalf. The lawsuit filed in San Francisco Superior Court alleges that Dignity discriminated against Evan Michael Minton, 35, a former state capital legislative aide, when he sought a hysterectomy as part of his transition from female to male. The State Department should add Russia to its list of the worst violators of religious freedom, a U.S. commission declared in its annual report. The U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, founded to advise the federal government on the issue, comes out with its own list of shame each year, citing the most abusive countries in a lineup consistently longer than the State Department's. The commission recommended the U.S. designate Russia as a, quote, country of particular concern for wielding an anti-extremist law to violate the religious freedom of Muslims and other minorities. Most recently, Russia banned Jehovah's Witnesses, labeling them, quote, extremist, and ordering the state to seize their properties. Globally, quote, the commission has concluded that the state of affairs for international religious freedom is worsening in both the depth and breadth of violations. 
On April 5, 2017, the Reverend Dr. Leopoldo Hyman, former chairman of the International Lutheran Council, died in the Lord at the age of 83. Dr. Hyman served as chairman of the International Lutheran Council from 1995 through 1998. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Pastor William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. Jesus said some hard things in John 6, and lots of his disciples turned away and stopped following him. He asked the 12 if they wanted to go too. Peter responded for them all, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Words of eternal life, those are the words your Jesus has for you. Join me for the next broadcast of Thy Strong Word, 11 a.m. Central on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today is the Reverend Bart Day, who is the Executive Director of the Office of National Mission. We're going to be talking about something that I think a lot of Lutherans really don't think about. I know, frankly, I hadn't thought about it until this was pointed out to me. And that issue, human trafficking. Pastor Day... Tell me about yourself and what's going on here with this. Well, first, thanks for having me on. It's always great to be on the air with you. Um, the Office of National Mission, of course, is here to support the 35 districts in their work with congregations and schools and workers. So that means we're involved in all kinds of things. Um, the issue of trafficking certainly is not something that we in the office talk about regularly, nor people in the church but already back in 2010, the Senate in convention had asked that we really partner with Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services to start to provide some resources, helping our congregations be able to uh, just identify and understand what human trafficking is, understand uh, the dynamics of why people are trafficked and some of the situations that maybe make people more vulnerable in circumstances to be trafficked, and then try to teach people how they could actually intervene. And so there were several things that were created all the way back, uh, starting really more in 2011-12. But then another project that Senate had been working on for a long time was this task force around uh, domestic violence and child abuse. And they have really produced a large number of resources really over the last couple of years and a lot of training. Re new resources are still coming out. There's some things going to be out shortly. And it was really a part of that work uh, around child abuse that there was a desire to kind of re-engage on specifically the topic of human trafficking and put some of these new resources together for the Synod that or why we're talking today. But they're really around just trying to get people uh, to understand that this is an issue uh, and that it's not only a global issue across the seas, which is kind of what we think about, but that there's actually trafficking going on right here in the United States uh, on a daily basis. It may be something that we don't talk, not only that we don't talk about, but something we may not see or recognize. So uh, the resources are certainly not all there is to say about trafficking, but just really wanted to encourage people uh, to not lose sight of trafficking, to be able to identify, understand, and know how they could intervene, especially for people who are being trafficked, who are often the most vulnerable folks among us. I think a lot of Americans, when they even think about human trafficking, which I suspect isn't very long, isn't very much, 
they'll think about saying, oh, this is just a problem with the Middle East. I mean, we eliminated slavery in this country back in 1865. What is the definition of human trafficking, and how does it apply to the United States? Well, trafficking is preying on vulnerable people or people groups for the gain of another. Now, we, we think about that oftentimes happening like by people being kidnapped or forcibly taken, which there is some of that in trafficking. Uh, but oftentimes, people, women, children, uh, and vulnerable people, people who are homeless, people with uh, mental health issues, are really preyed on by people. And they're not just sort of taken violently, uh, but they are coerced. Opportunities uh, for uh, a better tomorrow, uh, a hopeful tomorrow, are held out to people that do not really understand how they are being taken advantage of, how they are being manipulated, uh, and led then into a place that appears to be very safe, uh, where all of a sudden uh, they're is no easy escape for them, or they feel there is no way out. It certainly has a lot to do with personal financial gain. People are trafficked for the sake of uh, using them in agriculture work, certainly in the sex industry. Well, this is one of the things, actually a couple of the things that's in the literature I've been reading here that's really struck me. Uh, it's just how huge a problem this is. I mean, we're talking a multi-billion dollar industry. Right. That's affected worldwide, here, even even here in the United States. And yeah. in the United States, it oftentimes, part of the time when you actually hear about trafficking in the United States is usually around large international events. So we know that around events like the Super Bowl, there is a huge volume of human trafficking, human underage sex trafficking wow. that takes place in and around when the Super Bowl takes place. Uh, so in Houston this past year, uh, there was a large emphasis with law enforcement of watching sex trafficking that was going on in the city around those kind of events where there's a lot of money, there's a lot of partying. But you're right, it, it's a huge industry um, that is not simply across the seas, but is taking place right in our backyards. Well, one thing that happens in the U.S. that I, again, according to this literature, at any rate, I've been reading, is a, a lot of the people who are victimized by this are runaways. These are the young kids who get involved in the sex trafficking. How does this work? Well, again, you have people who are running probably from a bad situation. Oftentimes, um, they're hopeless. They're needing help and support. And when there is someone there who's offering shelter or some money or a bright opportunity for tomorrow. Um, I think on the website you can read some actual stories of individuals who have been trafficked. And it starts it starts very, appears to be very innocent, uh, and they're brought in. Um, so I think you really have traffickers who are preying on people that are vulnerable, that are in vulnerable situations that need care and help and love and support and hope for tomorrow. And all of a sudden, they find someone who will give that to them, but they don't understand what else that means. And once they're sucked into that... It's almost impossible to get out. It's very, very difficult to and get out. And dangerous. Well, it becomes very dangerous because, of course, oftentimes there is physical violence and physical abuse, certainly emotional abuse also. But if you're young and vulnerable and there's physical abuse by someone um, and emotional abuse... It's very much a trap that is very, very difficult 
to get out of. One of the statistics here that is, I find especially appalling about uh, about child trafficking, this comes from the National Center for, Mis- for Missing and Exploited Children. And they estimate that in 2005, one out of uh, five endangered, uh, pardon me, 2015, an estimated one out of five runaways reported to the center were likely winding up as sex victims. And of those, 74% had been in the hands of foster care and social services. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are not kids who were just sitting out on the street. Somehow, they got into the system, and the system broke. And the system doesn't always do as good a job of taking care of them um, as they should. Um, all systems are broken. But you're right. It's it's in those places where particularly have vulnerable youth, where these kind of things are taking place. And so for the church to be able, um, the church does a wonderful job. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod and our congregations and our schools and our individual families do a very good job of engaging in uh, caring for their neighbor, caring for the vulnerable among us. This is something, the mercy work that we always hold up. So I think if we can raise the issue of trafficking so that people could at least start to see some of the signs, are, are you looking Are you aware of some of the signs of people around you, maybe even people who you have daily contact with that are actually being trafficked and and you do not see it? And so just raising that awareness, and that's what the materials do a great job doing. Uh, They were put together really for that to try to to just engage our members uh, to start to look and uh, think more deeply about the topic and, and to really care for these people, too, who are very vulnerable, maybe in the system or out of the system. Uh, they're needing help and hope that the church can provide for them. Uh, and they find themselves in very difficult situations that are almost impossible to get out of. I want to get into the materials more more directly in a moment. But uh, another thing that struck me about the social services is I did a, a program a couple of weeks ago on the fact that faith-based adoption agencies now are under fire from secular forces. For example, in Illinois, Catholic Services has been has been barred because they will not put children into the homes of same-sex couples or unmarried couples, which is the standard thing with virtually every mainstream Christian organization. And the thing that that one of the other statistics I got there was like 20% of all children adopted were adopted through faith-based agencies. And we've got a much better support system than the state does. And as is pointed out, 74% of these kids who wound up in prostitution came out of the state adoption agencies? Yeah, it's, it's, it is a sad place where we are with uh, federal and state laws um, that are uh, pushing the church oftentimes pushing the church out of spheres and work that we love to do and that we have historically done very, very well. Foster care and adoption is a prime example of that. that oh, yeah. If the state is going to uh, bind the conscience of an institution and an organization or force us to do things that are against our beliefs, such as placing children, foster care, or adoption with LGBT couples— if we can't simply refer those folks to other agencies who do that and continue to place children as we have, it becomes very difficult. And in some places, in some states, our agencies are being pushed out or forced to close or forced to do things that they otherwise wouldn't do. That is 
that is hurting the whole society. It's, it's, it's hurting everyone, not just Christians or those inside or outside the church, because you're right. Uh, states, I don't think in many cases, you mentioned Illinois, I don't think they have the capacity on their own to actually care for all the foster care and adoption. So when you push Lutheran Children Family Services out of the space, when you push the Roman Catholic Church out of the space, when you push even the evangelicals out of the space, does the state have the capacity to care for those people? But this is where we find ourselves being oftentimes pushed out of the spaces where the church wants to provide help and care because state dollars are involved. And that means state law and federal law is involved, particularly anti-discriminatory law. And uh, in the case of foster care and adoption, uh, referring families to other agencies in many states is simply no longer acceptable or tolerated. And children are sacrificed on the altar of political correctness. Well, that's uh, unfortunately often the case. But this is one of those cases with trafficking where we have children and those vulnerable among us uh, right under our noses. We don't often notice and recognize that. And again, we think of it as something kind of over there, this kind of, you know, sex slave trade industry where people are violently taken away and sold into slavery. And we miss what's actually happening Mm-hmm. right here in our own backyards. And that's where the uh, literature and the resources are coming in. Then uh, your Office of National Management has taken a leadership role in this. Could you tell me about what we are doing to help spread the word about this? Because I know, I, I would think most Lutherans will say to themselves, well, gee, I'm never going to run into a situation like this. I'm not going to... I don't deal with child prostitutes. I don't deal with forced labor. <laughs> right. how, how does this affect me? How do I recognize it? Right. And that's why we put together the resources. And they're just a start. Uh, we still have the old resources from Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services that we did. But these are updated, refreshed, new data, new statistics, new information. Um, again, in an effort really to help people understand and intervene. Uh, one of the things I hope will happen is that while we've created on the LCMS website under the social issues. There's now just a page there for human trafficking. Uh, Since we've just even put out these new resources, we've had an RSO in the state of Indiana who works in Indianapolis uh, with another local agency that is actually houses and cares for, I think, up to uh, 14 or 15 girls that are victims of human trafficking right there in the Indianapolis area, which is a prime hub in the Midwest. And we've had a congregation in Houston, Texas, who as a congregation has been actively involved, kind of working on the streets uh, with folks that are being trafficked or to try to keep them out of trafficking. So just sharing the resources to raise awareness has also identified a lot of other resources, congregations, organizations in the church that are already doing this work. So the hope is that we're going to start uh, adding those resources to the page, linking to these organizations uh, to show people more and more how they can actually be involved and where congregations are involved and actually what they're doing or where social service organizations are involved and what they're doing so that people can be a part of that and we can kind of learn from one another. Well, where could they find the page? I know it's on the uh, on the LCMS site. It's on, If you just go to the main lcms.org, across the top on those tabs are social issues. And if you click on the social issues page, they all pop up there, all the social issues, and there is now its own page 
for human trafficking. You'll also find one for domestic violence and child abuse and some of these other issues. But now there's actually a page dedicated just to trafficking where we're just setting all of these resources and hopefully they will continue to grow. And especially has uh, like the hotline for trafficking. So if you see this, how you can intervene, uh, probably best that you don't try to just jump to the rescue, but that you're calling the local authorities or that you're calling the trafficking hotline uh, to make people aware of what you've seen and, and, and share that information so that the legal folks can actually intervene. Well, a number of things, for example, uh, I'm looking at the literature here that, that is on the site. And one thing about your list about how we can get involved individually and with the community and with the church. For example, hold a prayer walk through the neighborhood. Pray for the victims of human trafficking. That's visual. That will get people involved. Have your friends calculate their slavery footprint. I'm curious, what is a slavery footprint? And see how their spending habits can contribute to human trafficking. What yeah, you that? can. there's a website that we link to that you can go on to and it asks you questions and you put in information uh, to just talk about the things that you do things that you buy, activities that you participate in on a daily basis. And we know then on the backside statistically where people who are victims of trafficking are a part of providing some of that commerce and resource to you. Uh, so there is perhaps a broader footprint in your own daily life that mm -hmm. actually touches on human trafficking than you may initially believe there to be. For example, that piece of clothing that you, you like was that produced by forced labor? Well, it, it could well be, especially if, if that uh, clothing is coming from another part of the world where we know that in industry and in manufacturing and in certain countries of the world, there's a lot of forced uh, labor for children in making those products. So the footprint is an interesting you know, thing for people to do, uh, again, just to kind of raise awareness and and get this into people's mind as something that uh, the church can and should be thinking about. And as individuals, there's a few things that we should be able to recognize and see. A couple of the things that are given away by the uh, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Look for evidence of someone being controlled physically or psychologically, or there's, for some reason, they can't leave their home or place of work. They, they can't speak for themselves or share their own information. Information is always provided by someone else. They don't have are there personal documents, passport, IDs, driver's licenses? They don't have any personal possessions that you're aware of. They lose a sense of time or space and not even know what city or state they might be in. And you know, I could see where there'd be instances where you might run into this, say, for example, you're having your house cleaned. And you'll have a crew come in. Well, yeah, gee... Three of them don't speak English, and they show bruises. What does that tell me? Sure. And I think that's the, that's the point. Be aware. Um, a story that I recently had seen was where a middle-aged adult male is traveling by plane with two um, younger children that mm -hmm. are both female, that are extremely passive, uh, seem to be sort of dazed and confused, again, have signs of bruising, uh, seem to be almost cowering sort of at his directive. Seems very odd to passengers on the plane that these are not his children. And so someone is sort of bold enough to kind of, you know, raise this to authorities to then find out this is someone who, in fact, is trafficking these children across the country. Um, so, yeah, just being aware. And I think 
for us not to be naive and to think that this isn't here and that it's not happening right in our own backyard. So the church should not be naive about those things. And we should uh, find a place to be able to speak for those people who are vulnerable uh, and stand up for them, identify, intervene uh, to get those people the help and the love and support that the church can provide for them. And as individuals, as Christians, and as Lutherans, this is expected of us by God. Well, it's a it's a joyful calling that he gives us to do, uh, to take up that love of Christ and bear that into the world, uh, particularly for our neighbor and those who are the most vulnerable, uh, to really care for and love them. And of course, for people who have been trafficked, and when you read some of the resources or link to websites where they're caring for people who are coming out of trafficking. Uh, as you can imagine, I mean, not only just issues with, with, with trust, but issues of how they can forgive themselves for the mm. things that they did to survive. Um, there may be recognition of their inability uh, to get out of situations that may be caused hurt not only to them, but they saw hurt and harm to other people, that there's there's huge amounts of guilt. Um, you know, to those people that the church has a clear word of forgiveness for those people and love for those people and that they too uh, are being restored in Christ and that there's a place for them within the body of Christ, that this is precisely where hurting and broken people are to be found. Um, so just like we do with people who are, you know, post-abortive moms, mm -hmm. There's certainly words of law for people in the world, but the church is there to apply the gospel and to really care for those people and to do that for folks who are coming out of trafficking um, and to embrace those folks in the church so they have the healing and restoration uh, that the Lord brings to all of us. This is one of the areas where the right-hand kingdom heals the left-hand kingdom. Amen. Reverend Day, I want to thank you so much for being on the program and bringing this issue to light. I think it's one a lot of people don't know about, but boy, we need to learn. Well, exactly. And I'm certainly no expert on human trafficking. This is why we're putting together resources, trying to share them. We want to share stories uh, in the coming months and year uh, about congregations and organizations that are involved in this, just to raise the awareness uh, and encourage our churches uh, and our members to be involved. Uh, don't be naive and help intervene and bring these people the love and support and care of Christ. Thank you very much. God bless us. God bless you. God bless the church and our efforts. Thank you. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.